Ladies and gentlemen, it is my treat. I get to sit down today with a man behind the scenes, get the teams all geared up and ready, all dressed, everything set in the locker room. He is the one and only man behind the scenes, Jamie Anesty. Jamie, how's it going today, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I am just uh, basking in the sun here in Cole Harbor. Um, just finishing a slice of Kenny's pizza, so... Uh, Anybody listening um, wants some pizza in the Cold Harbor area, man, go and check Kenny's out. So, yeah, just join uh, the day and uh, ready to get this uh, podcast on the go. Definitely. Well, buddy, I want to have you on. Obviously, we've been talking about this for a long while. And obviously, when COVID hit, it put a break to a lot of things because obviously, we were in the rink. We were with the Colts. We were sitting around uh, shooting it with, uh, you know, Stubbsy and Dougie Darnell and obviously Coach Boone. You know, sitting around doing stuff like that, and all of a sudden everything comes to a halt. But I'm glad to get you on now. And I got to ask, friend, what has got you? What lit your match? What started you with hockey? Um, well, it started. I grew up in Lower Sackville, so I I grew up watching the Blazers. I was in minor hockey. I never really got into rep teams. I didn't. That wasn't my thing. It was it was the minor hockey on Saturday mornings. Um, as you, as you go higher into Bantam Midget, it's 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 house on um, Sunday nights eight o'clock. And my father, he actually um, he was actually president at one point of of Sacramento Hockey. So he him um, pushing me to be a goalie. Um, I followed because my grandfather actually pushed me to become a goalie because he. Um, Excuse me. He um, loved watching Gump Worsley. So, man, he's like, wow, you play like Gump Worsley. So that's, that stuck with me. And I became a goalie at a very young age and didn't work well Didn't work well with my dad because being goalies is expensive. But uh, I stuck it out, and then my two brothers followed uh, the same route, and we just we just played hockey and sackball and followed the Blazers and... Um, Followed Gordy Dwyer, who who now is an NHL rep. Followed him in Sackville, and it just it just it just grew from there. And um, now I'm now I'm able to give back to the community of Cole Harbor with the with the Colts. And man, it's been it's been a blessing. Like it's um, it's it all all thanks to Mike Fines, who I've, I've spoken to you about with the SMU Varsity Men's team and man in the last six years I've he's taught me what uh, what an equipment manager needs to do and I know every team has a budget their budget's a lot larger than what the Colts have to offer but man like it's it's since September 2019 when um, I started with the Junior C Thunder going into January Matt um, allowed me to help him with the Colts in the second half of the 20 uh, January to uh, March, uh, man, it just—I'm just glad to be back at the back at the rinks and and helping the community of Cole Harbor, which I never thought would ever happen. Uh, growing up in Sackville, so man, it's—I'm taking it. I'm taking the bull by the horns and uh, just itching to get back to the rinks. Well, no, you know, COVID, like I said, put a halt to all that, but. It's good to hear you getting back into her, and I'm obviously yeah. not between the pipes, but you are helping the teams get ready. For you, what goes into it? What's a day-to-day operations when you're getting to the rink? 
What are you getting ready first? What do you set up? What have you uh, got as your own routine for the team? So um, I'll backtrack a little bit. So September 2019, the the Junior C Thunder, they needed all new personnel. Um, Brady Stubbs' father actually coached the Junior C Thunder the previous year, um, but then stepped down and coached, is now coaching the Eastern Shore High School team. So Gerald um, needed a whole crew, like a base assistant coach, equipment guy, all that jazz. So um, replied to his ad, I think it was wherever the ad was at the time, applied to it, showed up to the rink, and Junior C, there's not, not a lot of moving parts. It's basically, and again, it's, it's budget. Like When you have a certain budget, you only have so much wiggle room. So the the junior side, junior C side of things, is basically you just you show up, you fill water bottles, you set the room up. Um, don't ha- you don't really you don't have a skate machine like you don't have a room, you don't have a place where you can repair things. So basically, the setup's a lot different than B. But um, you know, just show up to the rink, help uh, help the guys out where they where they need it. Um, now this year, or sorry, last year they moved to cages, so you know, you're always fixing cages, you're always repairing things because um, previous years they've used visors. So now with cages, there's a lot more, there's a lot more work. Like you're you're doing something, and the guy says, "I need my cage fixed," so it's an extra ten or fifteen minutes of work. Now moving to the B side of things, basically it's like, excuse me, it's basically a lot more. There's a lot more going on. I show up to Cole Harbor Place, um, Friday night home game. I'm I'm there at 5:30. I we work out of a cage out, out the back of Cole Harbor Place. So I'm I'm out I'm out there getting things ready, getting jerseys ready. Um, I have a list from Justin of who's playing, who's scratched. Um, set the jerseys up, set the socks up, get the balls ready. Um, goalies usually show up 10 to 6. They're the first guys that drink. They sit up in the stands and, you know, tape the stick, listen to the music. So I, I like to have everything set up so the players are ready. Or, sorry, so I'm ready for the players. And um, I know in the playoff time, like it was a stressful time, um, for an example, Dougie Darnell's uh, skate blade fell off. Um, during gameplay, so you got to be ready. You got to be on your toes. Like Junior B, there was a lot more involvement. You really have to be on your toes. Um, Jonathan yelled out, "Jamie, grab a pair of laces." So man, like you, you've you've got to be on your toes. Like playoff time, Junior B, it's exciting, fast hockey, and I felt I felt Junior C helped me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, spelled. I felt Junior C really just got my feet wet, and then I was second half of Junior B season. I was ready, like, and um, I don't know when we're going to start, but I've been itching to go since uh, since um, the last couple months. I know middle of March um, we were done anyways. We we lost there to Sackville on a Tuesday, and then Hockey Nova Scotia pulled the plug on on Thursday. So. We're we're pretty much we're done anyways, 
and we won Junior C on Saturday, previous pre prior to uh, Hockey Nova Scotia pulling the plug. So that's that's the the gist of the the operation. But man, just show up early, um, have everything ready, make sure the players' needs are met, and man, just uh, you know, just uh, you know, just be, just be there for the guys, man. Like it's. Uh, that's all. That's all it is, really. No, no, it's 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 very important, though. I mean, having everything geared and everything ready. I watched the boys going down there and you know chatting with them and chumming it up and having fun. They're all taping their six. Everything's where it needs to be. Everybody feels comfortable and ready, and that goes a long way for a player's mindset. So you're getting that ready right away. I got to ask you though, when you're thinking about this, obviously you went from junior C to junior B. What is your ultimate goal? Obviously, everybody wants to get to the big leagues, but where do you want to end up? Where's your next step? Where does Jamie Anesty see himself in the next few years? Um, to, to tell you the truth, to, to tell you the truth, it really, where I'm situated in Cole Harbor, like where I'm, I'm in the, I'm actually in the, in the passage, but in the foreseeable for the foreseeable future, like I've I've actually thought about this. Um, I've gone for drives and just cleared my head and. Just thought about the upcoming hockey season. Um, we're doing or, we're doing orders like we're, right now. I'm still thinking about hockey. Like every day, I'm still thinking about hockey. Um, what stuff can I get for the upcoming season? But I've I've actually thought about that. And really, to, to tell you the truth, I'm not just saying this because you know to make everyone on the Colts organization happy. Um, I don't see myself. You know, leaving this organization, it's a, it's a top class organization. Brian Vino is by far the best manager I've dealt with in within any organization. Jonathan, Justin, Ryan, all amazing individuals. Um, one day we were driving up to Brookfield, and me and Jono were driving together. And man, just we connected and we had things in common. And um, I don't know where their where their path is going to take them. Was for right now, we're just for myself. I'm just um, I've got a job. Uh, I got a job to do come October, November, January when hockey starts. Um, you know, same with same with any, any other guy on the team. Their their job. They're they're told what to do, and they they have a job to do. So um, um, I'm right now the equipment manager of the Colts, and and that's not going to change for a long time because I I just. The last half of last year, man, it's been a blessing. Like I don't see, I don't see moving forward, um, because you know you have to you have to think like the A teams, Junior A, they're in New Brunswick, they're right out in Truro, there's Amherst, they're in Bridgewater, and you know I'm situ- I'm situated, I'm comfortable in Cole Harbor, and man, I don't I don't want to leave. Like it's just uh, I never and I again I never thought I'd be connected to Cole Harbor, where I lived in Sackville, grew up, I actually grew up um, helping the Royals at the time, when they had a B team, and uh, always wanted to become, um, I've, I've always wanted to help the Blazers, but now I'm in Cole Harbor, man, like, they've, everyone on the team and off-ice people have just welcomed me with open arms, man, so I, I, I don't see myself leaving this organization and foreseeable future well you know i felt the exact same way and i can i can speak to what you're saying 
you know, I was uh, approached by uh, Jonathan Boone and, you know, met Brian Vino at the rink. And since that moment forward, we just had fun with the idea of growing it with the social media wise and just, you know, getting yeah. everything involved. And now we're looking at the fact of maybe even having each game on some sort of uh, network and Platform. doing play by play. And, you know, those things are absolutely awesome. And, you know, it's all things that I've always wanted to do. So, no, I can definitely hear what you're saying about them being a class organization and, you know, it, it would be great to grow it and get everybody involved. And, you know, community hockey, you know, in Cole Harbor is huge. I mean, you have the Wolfpack, you have the Colts, you know, you, you want to make sure that everybody's paying attention and getting on board. So I do believe that Cole Harbor Colts are going to grow and get bigger. And you know what? You'll be the right guy for it. You'll be right there in the thick of it. Yes, and yes sir. We, and we've got, a huge we've got a huge opportunity to... Um, I think it was in the mid-80s when it was called the Centennial Cup that um, Cole Harbor was the Junior A at the time, and it was called the Centennial Cup, which is now the the Fred Page Cup. And I see Cole Harbor um, some we have we have the facility. I know it's a lot of money to to start up, but man, I I can actually see Cole Harbor Colts um, hosting the dojo someday. And that's that's inspiring. Like that that wants to keep me around too, man. Like I, I can I can honestly say like the dojo um, can come to Cole Harbor. So to be part of a team hosting the dojo um, would be awesome. So no, and we can't and we can't forget about Frank too. Frank's been a uh, huge part of the team too with Brian and all the ladies up there doing the the tickets and and Scott Fairbairn. He's he's brought these two teams together very well so um, we can't forget about those people either so no it goes across the whole organization yeah. and just imagine hosting a dojo and just everybody packing Cole Harbor Place it can definitely happen it will happen for that matter but one question I want to ask you obviously with COVID front of mind for everyone uh, and you're talking about the cages and stuff for Junior C what modifications do you think are going to be coming to Junior B and to hockey players across the Maritimes um, do you see the full face shield like you see with Bauer with the cage on the bottom, obviously for COVID protection? And have you been uh, approached by anyone to talk about those things and gear those things up for the upcoming seasons? Um, I actually had a conversation with Jono um, X amount of days ago. And, yeah, it, make, it makes sense. We could, uh, we could get the boys wearing the, the Sidney Crosby uh Type face shield that he wore when he played. It played. He played for the World Juniors at one point, and he and he wore that clear face shield. Yeah, I could I could see that as an option. Um, but they have the metal cages for a reason um, because of um, visi the, it just visibly works works better for players. You can see through them. And um, there was a, there was a guy last year on our, on the Colts team. Um, Darren, I forget his name, but he's an overager now, so he won't be returning. Um, he he wore the, the he wore the the full clear face shield last year, and I've known I know I fixed it a few times for him. And he he basically on the on the on the bench there will there will be um, visor uh, solution or whatever you call it to help. Uh, uh, anti-fog and that'll be on the bench everything's on the bench 
So there'll, there'll be the right tools. There'll be there'll be whatever you need to for the player to uh, to have. But um, I was also approached too, like how, and I haven't heard much of this. What's going to happen with water bottles? Like I imagine now with COVID and um, they're basically waiting for phase three, which I which I think uh, happens in October. But what's going to happen with water bottles? Like uh, I think it would make sense if each guy brought their own water bottle, and then uh, I'm not touching the bottles. Like they 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 do they fill them up themselves. But you know what happens if you're on the bench and the water bottle is empty? Like I fill them I fill them before the game, after each period, and they're filled up. Uh, if a guy runs out of water, six seven minutes left in the third period, or say say overtime, right? And, the, and uh, he has no water. So I was I was thinking about that too, like with water bottles, um, any piece of equipment that's touching uh, touching that particular player. How is it going to work? The cages, the bottles, and stuff. I'm not really sure. Um, well, I mean, for you, it would probably be rubber gloves, right? And a lot of swapping out of rubber I, gloves. Yeah, I actually wear, I actually, I actually wear the blue gloves, um, just because you're touching, touching people's helmets. I know um, we had a player last year. He um, had a bit of an upset stomach on the ice, so I, um, I dealt with that. So, yeah, so rubber gloves. But now, like, if you touch one person's equipment or face or um, and Corey, Corey Baird, our athletic trainer, will have a, um, a separate angle on this because he's more involved with, you know, if a guy has an injury or if he has a cut. So um, it would be interesting to see what he thinks or what happens in his, in his uh, position. But, um, you know, as far as, like, the rubber gloves, you'd have, to, you'd have to change them out. Each time you dealt with one player, you'd have to, you'd have, to have a box of gloves. Like, you'd have to change out your gloves you can't use the same gloves on um on another person so yeah so that 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 would make sense i'd be i'd be okay with that making sure there was a box of gloves in my uh equipment bag which i have on the bench and i would uh, definitely be changing my gloves out so then uh clean for the next the next uh player right so well you know there's going to be a lot of different protocols put into place, and it obviously it's all going to have to shake out, and everything's going to be, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, and figure it out to a T. So we will wait for those things, obviously, to shake out. But i got to ask now, I mean, we're talking about the, the junior, junior B and Junior A coming back, obviously looking at hockey as a whole. Um, the NHL is looking to resume training camps if everything gets ratified on Monday the 13th yeah. of July, so that is the go-to date. We are days away. Um, everybody is kind of clamoring, a lot of people. I talked to uh, Jen Shaffero yesterday and Abby the Tweet. Uh, both gals cover the Maple Leafs and write for DeanBlundell.com, and both of them said, you know, they're not exactly in favor of this coming back because it's kind of foolish. You mean you're in the middle of a pandemic, um, getting everybody into these bu- bubbles sequestered and safe, um, it's going to be difficult. What happens if you get to the quarterfinals? And then next thing you know, you have a team that is completely riddled with COVID. Do you shut down the tournament? Do you pause it? Do you push it forward? What happens if you get to the Stanley Cup finals and both teams end up coming up with COVID? What do you do then? And to me, 
I want to see hockey, Jamie. I'm very excited. I cannot wait. I want to see Leafs on the ice. I want to get excited for something because this year has really kicked a lot of people's teeth in. It's been really hard on people, you know, for positives like soccer and basketball and hockey to come back in the summer and kind of give us a glimpse of normalcy with all of this going on. I'm, I'm excited for it, but I don't want to risk anybody's health. I'm wondering what you think. Where are you at on this? Do you think it's smart to come back in the middle of this where the state's heating up again with COVID and it very well could happen here in Canada if we're not careful? Well, they've, they've announced um, the hub cities. or it's, it's different across the board. Depends who you follow. Like, I follow every sports reporter on Twitter, so they all have different views. Um, Bob McKenzie is one that I rely on. Darren Dreger and those those guys on TSN, I I, um, I follow the most. Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman. Um, it just depends on which platform you you trust in, and which one you follow, and which one uh, which one works for you. Um, as far as like the start, it's it's six games in 15, 15 hours. I know they have the the hotels. Um, Assignments out. I don't know if they're if they're official or not. Um, the hub cities. I think there's uncertainty with the hub cities. They've announced Edmonton, Toronto as hub cities. And that's it. Uh, Those are the only two uh, hub cities. Yeah, and I I got a an uncle lives in the heart of Toronto, and he's like, this is crazy. Like if if the Rolling Stones, <laughs> I well I know like he, there was a Rolling Stones concert this summer, and uh, he's a huge Rolling Stones fan. And he's like, yeah. Uh, I was hope I was looking forward to it, and you know what? It just it just it's it's fine. The same with same with the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup's canceled because um, there was no fans able to attend, so they canceled it. I think, and I've been told, um, if there's no fans for like I've been in talks with people that are avid Junior B, Junior A, Midget AAA fans, and they don't think. Uh, junior A, Junior B, or even Junior C, for that matter, is going to work with no fans. So the NH- I know the NHL, they're, 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 it's it's fine to it's fine to say uh, let's play because you know they've got TV TV rights. Or I, I don't know the, the business side of the NHL. I know the CBA the CBA was a bit of a uh, came into play there, but as far as your question with uh, does it make sense? I, I don't see it. I don't see it making sense. I just think that, in my opinion, the the owners are uh, the owners have to pay the TV rights, right? At some point, and the TV rights are going to generate money yep. because no fan, no fans, no concession stands, no beer sales. Like I, I I've gone to Ottawa Senators games and spent twelve dollars on a can of beer. Not not so. That's I went to Tampa. Example. I went to Tampa first week of March before COVID went crazy, and, and, that, and that's you know, by eighteen dollars. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> I got two beer, and it was thirty-six bucks. You know what I mean? And yeah, so and they're not the same kind of beer we get here. It's thirty. Yeah, you're right. So eighteen bucks a beer. Right. Yeah. So I, I I was might have been on a bit of a rant at, at during that for that question, but as far as it, um, as far as the NHL going forward, man, it's 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 summertime. I, I think it's going to be weird, like, watching what. What are you going to do in the middle of August? Oh, like, uh, come on now. 
picture this, well, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in your mind. Just close your eyes for a second. You're right down below Lorne Sound Beach. Just imagine yeah. this. You're on a patio. You got you're on your backyard deck. You got your TV set up outside because why not? It's beautiful out. You got your yeah. cold beverage in your hand. The barbecue's grilling. The Leafs are on TV and they're playing and kicking ass. It's beautiful out. What better way to spend a summer evening, especially after a day where you slugged it out all day at work? You come home, yeah. you grab a bevy, you put on the game, you're chilling on the deck, the kids are in the backyard. Buddy, that sounds like a slice of heaven well, to me. Well, for your sake, you hope the Leafs are playing at 8 because you, you won't be able to see them at 12 or 4 o'clock. Uh, no, yeah, I'll, be able, he, I'll be able to see them at 4. As long as my day doesn't go wrong, long, I'll be able, it's all Eastern yeah. time, too. And what are you going to do? Pull, remember in Major League, uh, Rick Pond ripped his sleeves off his jersey? What are you going to do in August? you going to take your leaps jersey and rip the sleeves off because it's nine nine hundred degrees outside. No, no. Now, I'm, I'm I'm being a little I'm being a little rational, but I I, I value your point. I'm I, gonna put my it, feet I, in a nice kiddie pool, and I'm gonna yeah. put a fan on me while I'm sitting in the yeah. backyard. Don't worry, I got it figured out. No, no, I it it makes sense. I just if I was asked the question, and uh, if I was asked the question, what do you think? Like, should the NHL go forward? Yeah, like if if the Leafs have and it, yeah, it's fine because I think the Leafs actually have a legitimate chance. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna lose. I think they play they probably play Columbus. They do play whatever, Columbus. Yep. Yeah, I think they have a very good shot at Columbus. Um, Columbus doesn't have Bobrovsky or uh, Bobrovsky. Hmm. He's gone, I think, to Florida. So I, I don't know if Columbus's goalies can can uh, help them out. They lost Panarin. And, um, unless Boone Jenner goes on a tear or Felina goes goes on a tear, they may have a chance. But Toronto actually has a good chance. So in that regard, yeah, I'm excited. If I know that the Leafs have a good chance to get past the first round, yeah, I'm excited. Um, not so much if they got to play Boston again. Hey, you know what? If they got to play Boston, this might be the year, right? I've been telling everybody this. It's 2020. This year has been absolutely crazy. The most leafiest thing to possibly happen would be for the Leafs to win the Cup in this kind of situation. Because you'd have no parade, no fans, no fanfare, but they would win the Cup, and then everybody forever would say, well, they didn't really win the Cup. They won a tournament. They won the, co- they won the COVID Cup. Yeah, that's what everybody would say, right? So it's the most leafiest way. Bad Big fat asterisk right next I, to the, I gotta ask right you this next. though: Would Sorry. you would yeah. you rather the Maple Leafs win the Cup or have a twelve and a half percent chance at getting Alexis Lafreniere? Um, I I I don't really know how to answer that. I I shouldn't say win the Cup. Would you rather them have a chance to win the Cup or a chance to draft Alexei Lafreniere? I just, I just, at this point, where what we're dealing with in the world today, I just wish for exciting Leafs hockey. I would just wish that Good you know, they do it. Just because it's COVID, Matt. I know, Matt. Like I'm still, still not really sold on Matthews. Um, oh come on now, Matthews has got it, but uh, Matthews has got it. Yeah. The guy is getting better at goal scoring every year. He's only adding things to his arsenal, yeah. and on top yeah. of that, he's learning to play the two-way game, yeah. which. Spets has probably yeah. helped him along with that, and you know Matthews. I, I don't worry; he's the real deal. He's a bona fide yeah. star. Yeah, and um, I, I think they, I think they should keep Clifford. I think they're kind of touring, 
boring with the fact Clifford might be gone. Um, Spezza should really stay. But yeah, I know that I know. Um, I've I've spoken to some elite alumni. Like I've I've gotten the chance to know some over the years with the charities that I work work with, Heart and Stroke and um, Hockey for or Hockey Helps the Homeless. And some of the Leaf alumni have said, like, these guys, just because we're in a pandemic and if the Leafs win the Cup, um, there'll be, there may or may not be an asterisk next to it saying they won the Cup in a pandemic. These guys, these guys don't care. Like, from the alumni I've spoken to, they they could care less if it's a pandemic. You know, they're, they're there to play hockey. And, Cups the Cup, yeah. And they're, and, and, they're, and they're passionate about being a Leaf. They're passionate about the city, and the, and the fans are... And the fans are going to be behind them. So um, no difference in the Raptors. The Raptors is, are going to provide a uh, provide uh, a good game on the court. And um, Matthews and Tavares and them guys are just going to just beat the odds. Um, I'm not I'm not sold though on Lafreniere. I think uh, I'm still sour. I'm not a a sense. Actually, I'm wearing a Sens shirt today because uh, the uh, the uh, one, 100 NHL Classic was in Ottawa. So I'm actually wearing a Sens shirt today. But um, I'm still sad over the, the the fact that the Senators had the chance to get two picks in the top five. And that was an absolute joke. And, a, and a, I can't even believe it didn't happen for Ottawa. I think they deserved to have Lafreniere. Um, and I'd hate to see him go in Montreal because, um, but hey, Drew Ann's doing well in Montreal. He's from that area, so, um, but he also has Ducharme there helping him where they, they want to cup, mem cup together in Halifax. But, um, to go back on what you were saying, um, yeah, I, I just, I'm just skeptical on the attitude, like just from certain players is what I meant about Matthews. I just didn't want him to give up because, of the pandemic. No, I, and, I know what you're and saying. And those, right, that's what I meant. Skill-wise, yeah, he, he could uh, surpass... But you got uh, to look at it like this. Easy surpass Sundin's, uh, all of Sundin's records as elite. Look at all the, the young players over the years, you know, that people have said the same things about, you know, attitude and motivation. Sometimes it just... I don't know about you, but when I was 19, 20, 21, 22, I wasn't exactly the most uh, astute, sharpest, nicest, you know, most prim, proper, and... And, you know, career-focused kid in the world. I was, you yeah. know, still thought I had the world by the ass and was just having fun with everything and still learning how to be a good person, a good human, yes, you know, and, and still learning how to instill myself with work ethic. I mean, it's one thing to be a kid and play hockey. It's another thing to get drafted. But then it's a next thing to be considered one of the faces of the franchise making $11 million a year. And going yes, through all that. So, I mean, and then having that money at your disposal to boot, right? It's a, it's a whole different world. So, I think we got to cut some of these young guys a little bit of slack. They're going to yes. mature. Um, that's something that Sheldon Keefe preached all season long. These guys yes. need to mature. They need to grow. They need to learn. And they will. And they'll learn under guys like Kyle Clifford, under Jake yes. Muzzin, under John Tavares, under Jason Spezza. That's why those guys are there, to bring these players along. That's why Patrick Marlowe yes. was the babysitter yes, for those first two years. So, you know, yes, they will grow, they will get better, they will get smarter, and I think you're starting to see it just a little bit out of Marner, and Matthews will come along because he's obviously younger, and same thing, Willie's starting to, uh, you look at the physique and the, the seriousness out of Willie this year, 
you can tell that they're starting to, okay, if I want to succeed at this and I want to be good at this, not only my skill has to show, my work ethic and my attitude have to be the same way. And, and Cappy as well. Cappy is, uh, was kind of put under the microscope there. And there was actually, um, a, I saw a quote this week on Twitter where um, there's a lot of guys throwing certain players under the bus, like Dick Gardner, for example. The, the joke still goes uh, goes on to this day. Like, how did Boston get through Toronto, through the Gardner Expressway? And, um, man, like, it's just certain reporters threw certain guys under the bus. And, and uh you got to be patient. Like, Toronto's a, a city where they're, they're impatient. Obviously, you can read other opinions and see what they say, but at the same time, formulate your own and stick to it, and that's the best way about being a hockey fan. Everybody's got an opinion, so you got to keep it that way. Jamie, I want to yeah. thank you very much for uh, for joining me. I cannot wait to get back around the rink and hang out with everybody again and get the uh, Colts back up and running. Hopefully, it's done safely, sir. Where can people find you on Twitter, and who can come visit you where? Um... So I'm on I'm on Twitter. Some uh, where I got more time on my hands now. I'm, I'm on Twitter Twitter a lot more. Um, trying to basically escape uh, most days to the golf course. So uh, just kind of uh, hanging low. Um, there's there's <clears throat> excuse me. There was a there was a rough patch there March and April um, with uh, family members actually having the COVID. So I've been just kind of keeping low and uh, you know I'm on Twitter um, I'll post my handle on on the offside hockey talk group there I don't exactly know my handle but uh, yeah so I uh, look forward to seeing you at the rink it's exciting you're following you're going to be following the Colts um, so welcome aboard my man mm-hmm.